Bestbookbits.com brings you the book summary of The Bezos Letters, 14 Principles to Grow Your Business Like Amazon by Steve Anderson. Amazon is the fastest company ever to reach $100 billion in sales and they didn't even reach that landmark by staying in their comfort zone. Risk-taking is the key that unlocked the door to the growth at Amazon. But those risks were and are intentional, calculated, and strategic. Thomas Edison believed, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And Amazon's founder, Jeff Bezos, has always linked experimentation and failure with growth and success. But risk-taking can be costly, even disastrous, if you don't know how to use it to your advantage. Fortunately, Bezos has provided every business owner a hidden in plain sight roadmap for how he grew Amazon through his letters to shareholders, or as he has named them, share owners, that he has written annually for the past 20 years. For the first time, technology and risk expert Steve Anderson has analyzed and distilled these letters to reveal the key 14 growth principles that unlock the lessons, mindset, and steps Bezos used to make Amazon the massive success it is today. Now, business owners, leaders, CEOs, employees, and managers can apply these same principles to grow their business to be more efficient, productive, and successful fast. Way back in 1990s, when the internet was dubbed as the worldwide wait by founder of Amazon himself, Bezos quit his day job and bootstrapped Amazon with a $300,000 loan from his parents actually sounds like a massive loan, not really bootstrapping if you ask me. But today, Amazon dominates the global e-commerce and constantly leapfrogging in artificial intelligence with the internet-connected devices like Echo and Alexa. Amazon is also taking leads in dynamic invention and innovation forcing Microsoft and even Apple to catch up. In the Bezos letters, Steve Anderson explains 14 principles rooted in the exponential growth of Amazon over the decade. Whether you are in business for 10 minutes or 10 years, you can learn how Bezos grew his small online bookstore to the multi-billion dollar business. Bezos started Amazon with a glimmer of hope. When Amazon was starting out, no one knew what the online bookstore was. In 1997, most people didn't have internet access at home. If they did, it was dial-up. 1997 was the year Bezos himself referred to the internet as the worldwide wait. There was no such thing as cloud computing, Netscape was the browser of choice, and DVDs were just coming of age because live streaming was still 20 years in the future. Bezos said, the company was conceived in the spring of 1994. I came across a startling fact in the spring of 1994 that the web usage was growing at 2,300% a year. I have to keep in mind that the human beings aren't good at understanding exponential growth. It's just not something we see in our everyday life. But things don't grow this fast outside of petri dishes. It just doesn't happen. And when I saw this, I said, okay, that's a business plan that might make sense in the context of the growth. I made a list of 20 different products that you might be able to sell online. I was looking for the first best product, and I chose books for lots of different reasons. But one primary reason, and that is that there are more items in the book space than there are items in any other category by far. There's over 30 million different books worldwide in all languages. The number two product category in that regard is music, with about 300,000 active music CDs. And when you have this huge catalogue of products, 
you can build something online that you just can't build any other way. The larger physical bookstores, the larger superstores can only carry around 175,000 titles. There are only a few that large. Bezos moved from New York to Seattle for likely two main reasons. That's where Microsoft was headquartered, so there was a pool of exceptional programming talent. There was also two large book distribution centers nearby, Ingram and Baker and Taylor. Bezos set safety nets to embrace failures. Too many companies only stay afloat when everything goes well. If something goes wrong, cash flow slows down, money gets tight, and sacrifices must be made. To the point where if some businesses experience a hiccup, they can be out of business almost just as fast. Amazon builds failure into its budgets to give it the flexibility to allocate resources to many things they know will fail. Bezos took risks with intentionality, even if it's counterintuitive. Amazon Marketplace. The idea of putting a competitor's product on Amazon, unrivaled platforms seemed outrageous to many. Amazon Prime. Shipping was notoriously expensive without inflating the price enormously. Bezos offered free shipping with low prices. Kindle. People thought ebooks wouldn't sell well at least than more than physical counterparts. Bezos took the risk with enticing features like movable highlights and cross-platform syncing. AWS. AWS was originally designed to be an internal OS for just Amazon. Bezos decided to open the platform to tether developers. No one else back then was providing SAAS and didn't expect this of Amazon. Bezos knew a few successes will more than make up for a thousand failures. This is super important. Bezos knew a few successes will more than make up for a thousand failures. Amazon learns from and builds upon its failures to make the future attempts more likely to succeed. Amazon failed spectacularly with its Fire Phone, but they took the lesson from their failure and used the insights when building Amazon Echo. Creating a speech recognition system that could match Google or Apple was a complicated task, especially considering the huge head start those companies had with their smartphone ecosystem. But Amazon had now risen to the top of voice control with Echo and Alexa. One of the engineering marvels of Echo devices is the quality of far-field voice recognition. Far-field means you can literally stand 10 to 15 feet from the device, say the trigger word, and wake up the device to respond. The two most successful Amazon failures. Dubbed Amazon Auctions, it was launched essentially to rival eBay's platform. Despite several improvements, it just couldn't compete with the industry incumbents. Sure, it did attract many sellers and buyers, but Bezos himself said it didn't work out very well. Many factors contributed to its failure, but one thing many agree on is consumers were uncomfortable bidding prices on Amazon. They expected fixed prices unlike eBay, where shoppers come with a different mindset. The desire for a price certainly was important for Amazon customers. So Amazon ditched the auction model and moved on to another experiment called Z Shops, which was its second successful failure. With Z Shops, third-party sellers could list their products using a unique landing page on Amazon's site with a separate login and search engine. They were separate from Amazon and paid a small commission to Amazon. Again, customers didn't like the additional steps required and Amazon had to shut it down. But the idea of allowing third parties to sell on the platform survived and thrived into Amazon Marketplace, a billion-dollar business. Bezos bet little on big ideas. 
Remember earlier when Bezos started Amazon, when the odds are low? Despite the odds, the potential was enormous, which is why he bet on it. However, Bezos didn't go all in. Instead, he started small, at least in relative terms. He did the same again with free shipping. Amazon started by experimenting with free super-saving shipping on orders above $25. When the experiment was a success, they bet bigger with Amazon Prime. The more the idea paid off, the more Bezos invested into it, such as adding streaming videos and other services over time. When Bezos knows in advance something isn't going to work, it's not an experiment. To invent, you must experiment. To invent, you must experiment. If you know it's going to work, it's not an experiment. Jeff famously says, I was packing boxes on my hands and knees with somebody else in our next segment nearly next to me. We're packing in, I said, you know what? We need some knee pads. This is killing my knees. And the guy packing alongside me said, we need some packing tables. That was the start of Amazon. Bezos was both demanding and secretive when it comes to dynamic invention. Competitive advantage is paramount to companies like Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook. And that doesn't happen when everybody knows what you're working on. Lab 126 is the skunk works of Amazon. They developed hardware and consumer electric devices, the first of which was Kindle. Insiders call their experiment Project A, which was the Kindle in 2007. Project B was the Fire Phone. Project D was Echo, just to name a few. Lab126 wasn't the only place where Bezos demanded invention and innovation. Everyone at Amazon was expected to create new things, invent, and improve existing things, innovate. The innovation culture at Amazon is far from just a lip service. Every Amazon employee is allocated with necessary resources to implement their idea, given the idea is a go. Bezos started with a customer and worked backwards. He literally reverse-engineered customers. This approach of Bezos is also featured in Amazon Leadership Principle, Consumer Obsession. Leaders pay attention to competitors, but they obsess with their customers. Becoming a customer-orientated business requires you to get into your customers' heads. Most companies in business today say they care about their customers. Look no further than the cliche, the customer is always right. But the phrase itself leans towards the reactive approach. Amazon tried to figure out what the customers wanted before anyone else, using data that it garnered over millions of customer transactions. Here are questions Amazon always asks. Number one, who is the customer? Number two, what is the customer problem or opportunity? Number three, what is the most important customer benefit? Singular. And number four, how do you know what the customer needs? And number five, what does the customer experience look like? Amazon took a gamble on Echo while no one was asking for it. Market research doesn't help. If you had gone to a customer in 2013 and said, would you like a black always-on cylinder in your kitchen about the size of the Pringles that you could talk to and ask questions, that also turns on your lights and plays music, it seems most likely they've had looked at you strangely and said, no thank you. AWS was willing to cut its profits to save the customers money. Amazon reduced its AWS prices 27 times over 7 years, while adding improvements to support and innovation tools to help customers be more efficient. AWS Trusted Advisor notifies the customers where opportunities exist to improve performance, enhance security, or even save money. 
Customers indeed saved millions through the service, which was only getting started then. Bezos made short-term sacrifices over long-term gains. Businesses have a tough choice to make. They want to implement strategies that would take years to pay off, but Wall Street doesn't react too kindly. When Apple announced they would end its practice of reporting quarterly sales figures for individual units, its shares dropped 6.6% on the same day. The same way Apple believes a 90-day performance for Macs and iPhones isn't a proxy for underlying strength of its product lines, Amazon is willing to buck the trend, sacrificing this year's profits to invest in the long-term customer loyalty and product opportunities that will create even bigger profits next year and the year after that. Bezos even implored potential investors to stay consistent with the company's philosophy. As Bezos put it, we want to share with you our fundamental management and decision-making approach so that you, our shareholders, may confirm that it is consistent with your investment philosophy. Growth is the primary goal of Bezos and Amazon. Right in the center of Amazon flywheel is growth. Six activities that turn the flywheel are number one, greater selection and convenience. Number two, customer experience. Three, traffic to its website. Four, number of sellers. Five, lower cost structure. And number six, lower prices. The sketch shows lower prices lead to more customer visits, more landings increase the chances of sales, the increased volume of sales attracted more commission-paying third-party sellers that allowed Amazon to get more out of fixed costs like fulfillment centers and IT infrastructure. The greater efficiency then enabled it to lower prices further. This positive feedback loop accelerates the flywheel, leading to faster growth. Amazon used flywheel model to gain clarity and drive strategy. It helps organizations understand what risks and opportunities to take and what to walk away from. Remember, as you filter your decisions through your flywheel, focus on resources on doing things that turn your flywheel toward the goal of your business. You will gain momentum and grow like Amazon. Bezos makes high-velocity decisions. In today's fast-paced economy, businesses don't have the luxury of taking their time to make decisions, like they did even a few years ago. Either a company becomes paralyzed into making no decision, or they rush into big decisions that expose them to unnecessary risk. Bezos solves this by articulating two types of decisions. Number one, type one. One-way doors with big consequences and no turning back, e.g. quitting your job without another job lining up, selling your company. Number two, type two. Two-way doors with little consequences and can be course-corrected e.g. starting a side business, introducing a new product, or changing a pricing. Bezos knows most failures are not fatal, and most decisions are not irreversible. As he put it, we don't know all the answers, but here are some thoughts. Bezos never used a one-size-fits-all decision-making. Many decisions are reversible two-way doors. Those decisions can use a lightweight process. For those, so what if you're wrong? Bezos makes decisions with just enough information. Second, most decisions should probably be made with somewhere around 70% of the information you wish you had. If you wait for 90%, in most cases, you're probably being slow. Plus, either way, you need to be good at quickly recognizing and correcting bad decisions. If you're good at course correcting, being wrong may be less costly than you think, whereas being slow is going to be expensive for sure. Bezos seeks commitment rather than agreement. 
disagree and commit. This phrase will save you a lot of time. If you have a conviction on a direction, even though there's no consensus, it's helpful to say, look, I know we disagree on this, but will you gamble with me on it? Disagree and commit. The key here is that not everyone has to agree for a decision to be made at Amazon. Bezos doesn't require a unanimous vote. Instead, he emphasizes commitment once a decision is made. It's a philosophy they strive to have permeate every part of their culture. Six-page narrative is the Amazon's method of slowing down the speeding up. At Amazon, type 1 decisions are not made on the fly. The six-page narrative process makes sure everyone is extremely well informed before the idea is given a go for testing and additional resources. The narrative focuses the author to think things through and present their idea in story format, which better engages the reader at meetings. When the narrative isn't great, it's not the writer's ability to recognize the high standards, but instead a wrong expectation on scope. They mistakenly believe a high standard six-page narrative can be written in a day or two when in reality it might take a week or more. Great memos are written and rewritten, shared with colleagues who are asked to improve the work, set aside for a couple of days, and then edit it again with a fresh mind. As a side note, by tradition at Amazon, authors' names never appear on the memos. The memo is from the whole team. Each meeting starts with a 30-minute quiet time where everyone roughly reads the memo. From there, all attendees are asked to share their gut reactions. Senior leaders typically speak last, and then delve into what might be missing, ask probing questions, and drill down into any potential issues that may arise. Creating a six-page narrative. Number one, write the press release. Number two, write the FAQs. Number three, define user interaction. Explain how it works. Number four, write the manual. Give instructions how it works. Number five, answer these questions. A, who is the customer? B, what is the customer problem or opportunity? C, what is the most important singular customer benefit? D, how do you know what the customer needs, the origin of the project? And E, what does the customer experience look like? Anticipate how the customer will react and respond. Bezos made complexity simple. Coined frustration-free packaging, the idea was for Amazon to work with product manufacturers to create special Amazon-only packaging for items to be sold on Amazon. The packaging would need to be easy to open and recyclable. No twist, no scissors, no frustration, no tears, no blood. Bezos promotes ownership at Amazon, whether they be employees, shareholders, or partners. Bezos realizes many investors are effectively short-term tenants, turning their portfolio so quickly that they're just renting the stocks they temporarily own. He looks for potential investors with like-minded ownership mindset. When someone acts like the owner of something, they think of it different and treat it more like their own. In 2002, Bezos started using the term share owners when referring to Amazon investors. Amazon continued to focus on hiring and retaining versatile and talented employees and weight their compensation to stock options rather than cash. Bezos knows Amazon's success will be largely affected by their ability to attract and retain a motivated employee base, each of whom must think like and therefore must be an owner. Promoting ownership the Amazon way. Number one, address people as owners. Number two, give employees stock in the company. 
Three, teach type one and type two decision making. Four, create opportunity to invest and innovate. Five, encourage leadership. Six, give opportunity to opt out the Zappos way. And seven, practice, disagree, and commit. For Bezos and Amazon, it's always day one. The greatest challenge as an organization grows is maintaining day one culture. Don't take this the wrong way. The scale is good because it makes you robust. A big boxer can take a punch to the head, but you also want to dodge those punches. So you'd like to be nimble. You want to be big and nimble. Bezos find and protect a lot of things. Customer obsession is one of them that date back to day one. When Amazon was just starting out, Bezos had to make every penny count. When the employees needed desks, Bezos relied he could make simple desks by adding legs to solid, core doors. They sounded a lot cheaper than shopping at Home Depot, and so Bezos created the Amazon Door Desk. While the Door Desk was a necessity in 1995, thousands of employees still use this to this day, although it was refined over the years. The Door Desk pays tribute to and reminds each employee it's always day one every time they sit at their desk. There's so much stuff that has yet to be invented. There's so much new that's going to happen. People don't have any idea yet how impactful the internet is going to be and that this is still day one in such a big way. Bezos in 1997. At day one, there are few, if any, things are more important than customers. Like employees living paycheck to paycheck, many businesses live customer to customer at the beginning. In the early days, some businesses are only one or two customers away from catastrophe. During the launch, Bezos knew there's no way Amazon could grow without adding customers. They needed to add customers as well as earn repeat business from each of those customers to become the company they are today. Bezos isn't afraid of bending the rules for exceptional service. It's okay at Amazon to deviate from policies and procedures when it's the right thing to do for customers. Policies are intended to help guide decisions but are not at the expense of the needs of the customer. At day one, speed trumps perfection. Passion trumps profits. When your business is small, decisions are made usually fast. Somebody with authority is available to make a quick decision. Usually that person is the founder. It can be exhausting to maintain that speed and passion as the business grows. But it's much more exhausting to lose your day one mentality and slip into day two with excruciating decline. 14 Amazon Leadership Principles 1. Customer Obsession 2. Ownership 3. Invent and Simplify 4. A Right A Lot 5. Learn and Be Curious 6. Hire and Develop the Best 7. Insist on the Highest Standards 8. Think Big 9. Bias for Action 10. Frugality 11. Earn Trust 12. Dive Deep 13. Have backbone, disagree, and commit. And last, number 14, deliver results. Bezos and Bear Razors set the highest standards in job applicants. If you think it's expensive to hire a professional, wait until you hire an amateur. You need 10 people to assemble products. It will only happen as fast as the slowest contributor. Does attention to detail matter? You'll be dragged down to the correcting mistake made by your least attentive member. Bar raises are a group of hand-picked people within Amazon who have demonstrated success at hiring people with high standards who have received 
specialist training. During the interview process, especially true with higher-ups, there is at least one bar raiser present. Bar raisers have the veto power that no one can override. No one at Amazon is hired without a blessing from a bar raiser. Ask yourself three questions before you hire anyone. Number one, will I admire this person? Number two, will this person raise the average level of effectiveness of the team? And number three, along what dimension might this person be a superstar? Before we get on with the rest of the summary, I just want to quickly pause and take a moment to say thank you for watching and listening to this summary. We've currently uploaded more than 600 free video, audio, and written book summaries at Best Book Bits. We'd love for you to become a fan of us at bestbookbits.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast. You can also help keep Best Book Bits financially alive by checking out our products and services out in the links and show notes below, such as physical books, downloadable PDFs, subscribing to our email newsletter, consuming our courses, and joining our Inner Circle coaching program. Thanks again for being a fan, and on with the summary. Interviewing Amazon Way Interviews at Amazon are deeply rooted in behavior-based questions, which, as about past stations, or challenges a candidate has faced, how they handle them using leadership principle to guide the discussion. Amazon avoid brain teasers, such as how many windows are in Singapore as part of the interview process because Bezos found them unreliable when it comes to predicting candidate success at the company. Here are some behavioral-based questions. Tell me about a time when you were faced with a problem that had several possible solutions. What was the problem and how did you determine the course of action? What was the outcome of that choice? When did you take a risk, make a mistake or fail? How did you respond and how did you grow from that experience? Describe a time where you took the lead on a project. What did you do when you needed to motivate a group of individuals or promote collaboration on a project? Have you leveraged data to develop a strategy? Remember, Amazon is a data-centric company. Bezos uses anecdotal information, stories to make sense of the number. Many businesses let data and analytics mislead them about what's going on in their business. The data they're measuring may be accurate, but if they're measuring the wrong thing, it's effective the same as the inaccurate data. A-B testing is a standard way of determining what change will have the most positive impact on consumer behavior. It divides test subjects into two groups, gives one option to one group and the other option to the other, when see which option performs better. Bezos measures its financial performance with free cash flow per share. Most publicly traded companies focus on earnings, earnings per share, and earnings growth rate. But Bezos determined free cash flow is the amount of cash flow a company has left over after paying fixed expense it needs to keep the doors open, such as rent, necessary equipment, technology upgrades, and keep current in its debt obligations. In Bezos's words, people always accuse us of selling dollar bills for 90 cents and said, look, anyone can do that and grow revenue. That's not what we're doing. We always had a positive growth margins. It's a fixed cost business, and so what I could see from the internal metrics is that at a certain volume level that we would cover our fixed cost and the company would be profitable. And that's wrapping the book summary of The Bezos Letters. If you like this summary and want to download the PDF version, click the link below where you can access this. If you want to become a part of the community at Best Book Bits, become a contributor, Read books, create summaries, and do audio recordings. 
email me at info at bestbookbits.com and you could be on this YouTube channel or Spotify with your voice reading a summary or DM, on, DM me on Instagram at bestbookbits. You can also join our free book club at Facebook and if you want me to do a book summary, comment, DM me or email me below. Thanks for watching and listening. Have yourself an amazing day. Go out there, have fun, live life. Jeff Bezos.